Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. What's up, weirdos? Uh, it's me, Pete, and I'm here to introduce the episode. Just so literal. Just so, so literal. Couple things up top, you fucking weirdos. One, you can email the show weird weird at nerdist.com. Two, I love when people post things on uh, our Facebook page, Facebook.com, regular slash you made it weird. Put drawings, quotes, songs, anything. I see it and I love it. And we're gonna mail uh, once we get our t-shirts printed, I I promise I'm gonna mail uh, some of the people uh, just randomly pick some of the best ones and, and mail them to you. Mail you a shirt or something or a CD or something. I promise we're going to do that and we will get in touch for your address and such on the Facebook. So I hope you're on the Facebook. Uh, tour dates are on PeteHolmes.com. I'm going to New York City on the 7th, uh, April 7th for a You Made It Weird Live. Please come out to that. Jim Gaffigan is going to come back on the show. That's going to be exciting. Michael Ian Black is coming on the show. Matt McCarthy, who's uh, the redheaded fellow. He's a hilarious comedian and he's in all the videos that I do which you can also see at frontpagefilms.com. April 12th through 15th, Portland. May 10th through 13th, Laughing Skull Atlanta. May 17th through 20th, Salt Lake City, Wise Guys. May 23rd, 27th, uh, Sasquatch. May, that's a festival. (laughs) I'm not fighting a Sasquatch. May 31st through June 2nd, Comedy Attic in Indiana. June 28th through the weekend, the Denver Improv. Denver, yeah! Chris! Yogi Bear! TJ will be opening for me. That's not true. But I promise I'll make that joke. In Denver. Okay, second thing. What is the second thing? Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not well. Uh, okay, uh, the game. Games. 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 It's brought to you by Games. Gamesfly. Gamesfly.net is our host, our sponsor. Now, the show, as always, is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Go to Gamefly.com, regular slash weird, support the show, and get yourself a two-week trial for free from Gamefly. They send games to your home, uh, but but gaming. Uh, so anyway, uh, they got all the hits. I don't have to. I don't have to tell you that you can get a Zealand Hog. That's that's the hit for the uh, Genesis. That you chase a chubby kid from New Zealand. You just chase him with a wet cloth. Ooh, what are you gonna do with that wet cloth? Yeah, clean him. Uh, day drinking uh, for the for the Nintendo DS. They got day drinking, all, uh, which was released in Japan as Pete's Lonely Tuesday. Uh, fuck you, Wario. Fuck you, Wario 2. Fuck Wario's mother. That's a hit. And uh, Lego Sophie's Choice. (laughs) 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 You know, they got Lego Indiana Jones. They got Lego uh, Batman. Now they got Lego Sophie's Choice. It's It's a real thrill. Get in there and decide. No more Sophie's Choice jokes. Just that. Just that. Uh, guys, this is it. Play the episode. Keep it crispy. Love it. Love this episode. God, I'm, I gotta take a nap. I'm gonna take a nap. This is gonna be the best. Thanks so much for doing it. What a pleasure. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, you, I really wanted to be on your show. Oh, thanks, man. I, uh, I also I would accept you don't know what the show is and you're just doing it for, because we like doing things. Well, obviously. Right. But... I actually am really excited to be uh, on your show because I think you're really funny. Oh, I, what, what is this? The best way to start? <laughs> well, 
Well, a little flattery never. But it's yeah. true. It's true. I, I, Makes it go down smooth. Well, you know, I mean, if people know me, they know that I'm not insincere. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, God. That's uh, like the first thing I want to talk about. I would I never it. blow smoke just yes. to blow smoke. No. Why? You're hard. You do that. This is Greg Proops, everybody. We're going right. to make it weird. Ooh, before. Can I say I just had my first. I'm going to make it weird before I make it weird for okay. you. Okay. I just had my first proctology exam. Oh, my. And I didn't get any material out of it. Yeah. But I am sore. Yeah. Is that? Did he call? Yeah, or Katie's face. He didn't call. No. I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm going over in my mind the jokes that you should. He knows mm-hmm. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. My doctor's aware mm-hmm. that I'm a comedian. And he gives me the proctology exam. And, you know, it's, it's degrading. I'm assuming you've had... Uh, yeah, yeah. Your share? I'm, I'm, I'm a mature man. You're a mature man. I've, I've had every kind of man doctor inside me, and it's yeah. nice. It's nice. <laughs> They're often Jewish and very professional. I was looking at the guy's hands the whole time. Yeah, how I big mean, is that going to be? Exactly. Uh-huh. And I, this is where it We're both big guys. You're yeah. saying you were six feet, and I'm six six, and I'm just like, that's no problem. He's got these tiny doctor hands. Yeah. And uh, but then I'm thinking of the jokes like uh, at least buy me dinner first. I think is uh-huh, standard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, and then I'm thinking about whoa, you just turned me up. Oh, did I? <laughs> I wanted me to go down a little. Which one's you? Three? I don't know. This one? I think is that okay, it. Okay, good. There yeah. you go. I don't do tech. Oh god, <laughs> I'm not here to do tech. Yeah. Says what am I on the crew? Anyways, you looked at his hands and did you start dreaming about things? No. Although you know, it's funny. You can change. Uh, you can change how you think about things. Mm. This is a big thing in my world. Instead of dwelling on how unpleasant or degrading it's going to be, I started shifting my focus to uh, I will no longer have to fear this as an unknown thing. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Absolutely. It'll be done. And once you've done it, it's not nearly as bad as you think it's going to be. Well, that's the, well, that goes to what I said, okay? Uh-huh. So you have to go on your elbows. And I'm thinking of my friend John Mulaney's bit. Uh, yeah. He has an amazing bit about his proctology exam. Yeah. So I'm kind of laughing to myself thinking yeah. about my friend's bit, which While is you're weird. Mounting. Well, well, I'm <laughs> presenting like a gazelle. I'm presenting in the woods. By the way, we're in a, a, a doctor's office with like a transparent Pier One bamboo shade yeah, on no, the no, second no, no, floor no, no. in Beverly Hills. I want blackout. blackout. I want Elvis Presley's trailer. You know I guess. And I, oil I, on the I windows. This is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, make yeah. a little bit of money. We're in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I don't want anyone to see me, even casually. No, it was like a college dorm room. There yeah. should have been like a ne- Nantucket Nectar's thing yeah. with, a, with a highlighter in it. Cinder blocks. Yes, and a bed that you fuck on. I don't know what college kids are doing. I don't either. So anyway, I put my elbows and then I'm laughing at my friend's bit. That's weird. Right. Laughing and then. So and you're laughing at the moment he walks in. Yeah, well, he's been in. He's he's been he's been in already. He's already been shaking me and and twisting things, and he's yeah. already seen my D. The yeah. D's already made an appearance, but now the A's making an appearance. Uh-huh. That's more awkward. And then he and then he uh, goes in, and then and then it, it's not. It, it, so I thought it was going to be really uncomfortable. It is, but I thought it was going to be like physically unco- like painful. I thought it was going to be painful. Uh, no, it's just more like you, why is that there? Why is that there? Yeah. It's not good. I'm no. not here to say. It's good, but I grew up in a house where my father and my uncle every holiday do routines, basically right. laughing yeah. about a "Ooh, yeah, sweet yeah, Mary," yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, and right. I, so I was thinking it was going to make me involuntarily declare thing, and I, I was just like, "Okay, that's it." I, and then once he was in, I was like, "He's probably going to go much deeper," right. you know what I mean? But that he didn't. No, I know this is a weird way to start. It's the name of the fucking show. So he goes in, and then he comes out, and then uh, now I'm thinking, going back to what you said about what joke am I going to make, and I go. Wow, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, which is the weirdest thing you could say. It's kind of like, that was okay. That was okay. Did you think he was going to lean over and go, don't fight me? (laughs) (laughs) Pete, is it? Can I call you Pierre? He was very 
very gentle. He made small talk. He uh-huh. made small. T- he was. It was the grow. Anyway, I just thought it would start with with that. But going back to what you said is that you don't blow smoke, man. You don't blow smoke. Well, I try to keep it real, but I have a couple of hilarious proctology stories. One isn't mine, but I want to tell it anyway. Drew, I think, just told it. Drew Carey told it on Pop My Culture, I think. He told me he did. Is it, so okay. I'm going to tell it anyway just because it's hilarious. Sure. He goes in to get a tag. T- inside a man, things will grow. And oh, a small tag God, had to be taken out. This is the weirdest out. episode already. So he's, he's in the position. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's in the position. <laughs> I did this. The tag's been taken out. The nurse is there. The doctor's there. And so he's spread open, and the doctor has a good gander and goes, that looks so good. Oh, no. <laughs> Meaning the tag is gone. Yes. And Drew said he just could barely hold it together. That's, you, you know, cause what he, a weird world. They were both the trying to not laugh. They're both appraising it, right? Like a yeah. Rembrandt. Look at yeah. that. Oh, Look at clean that. and off. But I, so Drew Carey and I both were trying not to laugh during our practice. Oh, yeah. This is the magic of comedy, if I may. Yes. John Mulaney's routine, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's on its new special called New in Town. You should check it out. The funniest thing about uh, ever, we go to the same doctor when we were in New York, so I actually knew the players. And it made my life better. Yeah. It made something that should have been scary or whatever it's yeah. supposed to be better because I'm in a gown Fucking, I'm huge, so the gown's barely covering me anyway. So I'm just naked and socks like a dad chasing a hoodlum off his lawn. And I got my elbows, and I'm laughing. And Drew Carey's laughing (laughs) as he's having death removed from his anal canal. This is great. It's a great life. That's supposed to be one of the worst things. It is. And it was a delight. Well, let's let's catch up. Greg Groups, we, uh, we there are going to be some Asian women walking by. I just want to be clear about awesome. that. We were all equally distracted by an Asian woman walking by because she looked right at us. Yeah, she did. I'm glad we all saw her. There was something kind of ghouly about her. Okay, so uh, we met in uh, <laughs> making Katie make sure the doors close. We don't want anyone being Lock the door. I don't want like a none of that Eskimo invasion yeah. in here. No. Zombies. No, no. I, mean, I just saw the ring. Anyway. I uh, okay, so we met in uh, in Caroline's at Caroline's. That's right. I was running my uh, set for Con- Conan O'Brien, and you were kind enough to let me on the show. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that I remember, and this is the first weird thing about you, is you fucking you seem to be a self validating person as an artist, which is weird. And what I mean by that is. You gave the crowd no so much. Ah, <laughs> sorry, you sorry, have to self validate because no one else likes it. Yeah. But you, uh, you get really on your crowd, on your albums, and in your live performance for not uh, laughing enough or not <laughs> exposing themselves enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you sense that they're pulling away because of some prudence or some sort of embarrassment, yeah. you'll verbally, almost physically, like these huge proops hands will slap them around <laughs> and be like, don't you dare fucking pull out on me, yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. We're going to go in Drew Carey's ass and we're going to find <laughs> it together. <laughs> and that's the first weird thing. No smoke blowing yeah. and keeping it real, even with an audience that you're supposed yeah. to, you do delight them. But you uh, do it in this kind of aggressive way. I don't remember what bit it was. You were doing something about Christmas and your dad driving with his knees with a fifth of whiskey. Which I find my most, you know, middle of the road, come on, everybody, we all had a dad. Yes. Which I don't do very much. And Mm -hmm. I thought, that's why when they they won't react to that one, that's when it's like, no. Right. uh, This will not stand. Well, is that like a measuring stick? You're doing something a little bit more relatable and then you're like, if they don't like this. No, I do it with everything. But uh, (laughs) I'll I'll start so bloody obscure that no one gets it and then berate them for not knowing who Chester Arthur is. I don't know who that is. He's a president. Oh, uh, fuck me. He, 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 the only reason he's notable is in the movie Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> I love 
how do you go from like a pretty uh, esoteric <laughs> presidential reference to Die Hard with a Vengeance? Sure. Well, that's the joke in the movie. They keep going 21 out of 40, whatever, and it meant with the 21st president as the clue oh. to save the bomb and whatnot. Uh-huh. And finally, no one knows what it means. Uh, one of the New York public uh, utility workers goes, no, 21? That was Chester A. Arthur. Really? Yeah, and it's a huge joke. And Bruce Willis goes, thanks, man. And he's like, yeah, he was head of customs right here in New York. Like, he knows everything. Uh, This guy's a machine. And that's the joke. You would play a wonderful, like, bomb maker in a film. I'd love to. Really or in like. life, or in life. Oh, I could do it in life. You could do it in life. I don't life. have the patience in life. You know what I mean. In a movie, yeah, because you're only there for a few days. Right. In life, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get some sort of right. secluded. And cabin. I don't want to have to reform my agenda and yeah. write a new manifesto. And you already have a manifesto, <laughs> but you need to write a new one. Right. Not your comedy manifesto. On a scale of one to ten, how how <laughs> shocked do you think people would be if you did decide to just start like bombing things or, or lose your mind? I don't know. I'm probably not that shocked, which is horrible. But they, they might go. Yeah, I could see what happened. He just, just the bitterness overcame him. I know? think about that sometimes, yeah. right? There's so much content. This this podcast, right? Yeah. For example, you have a podcast as well, the yeah. smartest man in the world. Thank you. We're putting all this stuff out there, and like you could kind of piecemeal paint any picture you mm-hmm. really wanted to. So let's say uh, Arlington Road style. I kind of look like Jeff Bridges sometimes. Yeah. Uh, they want to make me look like I did something. They could piece together clips of this interview, just out of context. Uh-huh. I'm just like, oh yeah, I love killing baby seals right there. Right there, right, and then and then they could paint that. So the more I expose myself, and the more I get to know uh, the audience or whatever, show them myself. I'm kind of like, I wonder if I'm closer to them being like, oh, I saw it coming. Pete, Pete lost his mind or whatever. Yeah, it could well, be. you'd like to think that you're able to hide your insecurities even in the the glibness of a podcast atmosphere. Yeah, maybe all the barriers are down. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think any of us are going to go crazy. Uh, well, I hope not. I, mean, I think you're, you know. There was something so thoughtful about that. You really considered your possibility. You're like, I don't think we're, oh my God, is he right? Are we going to go nuts? I don't think you're I feel go kind nuts. of unbalanced sometimes anyway, you know what I mean? But I think all comics probably do. Doesn't everybody? I think everyone does. And especially right now, the last year was so crazy. I think last year was a, a super insane year. You would call people for the simplest of things, like the, the, of a task they're supposed to do or you're expecting them to do. And they'd be like, blah, 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 and you, I don't know. I found that the whole year last year. Every you, oh, I thought you were going to say, like, maybe uh, Not just what was happening. Everything. Does everything in your life seem to be very complicated, personally? Well, just, just that everybody was reacting so strangely last year to the, the bottoming out of, you know, the world and the economy and everything oh, being so unsettled. That yes. We're kind of like, you know, I remember uh, after uh, Fukushima, I did a set at, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the one in the Western Mall. I love it. It's a Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily. But the motif of It comes the mall. up all the time. Yeah, Jazz yeah. listens to the yeah. show and she's like, thanks Jazz. for mentioning the show positively. Yeah. yeah, Tiger Lily on a Monday. But, that, but there's a Walgreens next door to it or a right. Great Walgreens. That has it a, is a Walgreens. John Wayne and, and, a lo- and some fictional characters as well. Yeah. Famous Western characters. Yes. It's called Gower Gulch, I think. It is called it? Gower Gulch. Right on Gower and Which Sunset. makes me cry laughing that, that we're in a themed mall. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was the night after Fukushima, and uh, my wife had been out that morning and said that she, where she went, everyone was hungover because everyone had stayed up the whole night before drinking and watching the news. So everybody kind of came in like this, and then I remember going, it's great to be here at the last comedy show on Earth. And, you know, the, yeah. so at that yeah. point, we, you know, the news had just broken, and the right. tidal wave had hit. So that's how it felt. And everybody, yeah, I thought, that was a really strange night to do comedy, because yeah. it wasn't that it was, people couldn't laugh, they could. right. 
I remember after 9-11, it was kind of... Kind of oh, my God. You got, you got to go real big for me, Greg. Yeah. There's going to be a million things that you know about that I'm just like, oh, I got nothing. I got... N- I actually, the first thing on the list, no politics. Because I was like, yeah, if I let you okay. talk about politics, I'll be like, I don't know what I'm talking Let's about. Let's not. But I remember... No, politics. no, no. Just because you're such a smart guy. Actually, uh, who is it on the side of Gower Gulch? It's, it's uh, not John Wayne. You just said it. Oh, well, it's John Wayne, but I think Gabby Hayes is up there. I can't remember who else. There's it's a few. Uh, it's uh, Will Rogers. Oh, Will Rogers, yeah. Will Rogers. And one of the, this is a great thing. This is the first weird thing about you, is uh, Will Rogers says that everybody's stupid, just in a different subject, right? Yeah. You spend a lot of your time being smart. You're like a smart guy. But you wear it on your, on your corduroy jacket. You know what I mean? Can we talk about that? Yeah. We're supposed to get weird. Yeah. There's smart, and then there's like being smart, and you are smart. And you act smart as well. Do you, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it has I guess to be so. deliberate. You have a lot of vocabulary. You I don't think a- I can do it another way. I think I've found over the years. You know, they talk about when you're starting about finding your voice. Yes. And uh, w- w- I realized, I think, early on that that was my voice. Yes. And that uh, uh, it just becomes bigger, bigger, more me. Uh, I always remember what Bill Hicks said, less jokes and more me, which I thought was ah. the funniest <laughs> thing anyone ever said about their act. Oh, my God, that's perfect. And he was able to do as a stand-up things that I always wanted to do because he was so courageous and so philosophical. Yeah. He was willing to not be funny at the expense of a giant idea that he was going to ram up their butt and then yell at them when they didn't get it because I saw Bill Hicks and yeah. he would. He yes. would fucking mercilessly hammer into crowds, even sophisticated educated crowds that were with him yeah and uh, less jokes more me yeah. keep going so it, it, i found with the podcast getting uh, uh, th- that it's even more than stand-up i feel free as a stand-up but like the podcast i feel even more uh, yeah connection to the audience yeah. more honestly like you're saying you you're revealing yourself that's what i c- couldn't get over that how much of a revealing process it is unintentionally. Yeah. And how celebrated it would be. It wouldn't be like, hey, put a cork in it. It's kind of like, oh, this is fun. This is helping me feel connected right. to, to him and to the guest and to the but world. did you expect that when you started? No, not at well. Okay, I had the benefit of people going before me. Right. I had the benefit of like Marin going before yeah. me and hearing him talking about it. But that's super. And by the way, can we just say that Bill Hicks would have had an amazing podcast? In fact, I've thought about that. Time and time again, I'm like, that kind of would have been the perfect place for him, almost. Because he was doing stand-up that was kind of like he was podcasting yeah. a lot of yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah. It, wasn't, it didn't necessarily require a laugh every three to five seconds. No, you were supposed to consider what he was talking about as well as get the, 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 uh, the, the, the profound humor. Because there always was – someone the other day said to me – I think it was a guy named Morgan in, in Bellevue said uh, he, he wouldn't be doing podcasting. Bill Hicks would hate all the things that are happening now and would uh, fuck himself out of a cyber career. <laughs> <laughs> he'd hate funny or die. Yeah. He wouldn't want to do funny videos. Yeah. He'd pull all this shit off the yeah. internet and he'd be mad at all the douchebags who are doing it. He wouldn't have a Twitter. I'm, I, no. I, I, we, can't, we can't really speak for him, but it would be no, weird course. if someone's like, Bill Hicks invited you to become a fan of Bill Hicks. Yeah. Doesn't Press sound like. right. Yeah, it doesn't sound right in your in your box. He was the least seductive comedian I ever saw. Having said that, though, and, and let's blow some more smoke. Not just you, but like, uh, uh, you know, Scott uh, Ackerman and, sure. uh, uh, um, and uh, uh, Tompkins and Marin and uh, Barron. And I'm leaving a million people out. But yeah, it's impossible Jackie not Kish to. and all the people who are doing it. Uh, I really feel like we're in um, uh, – this is right before the, the – what will be considered the golden age of podcasting. Like, yeah. W- they talk about the radio comics of Jack Benny and Fred Allen and, you know, uh, that, that dominated for 20 years. They both had series for 20 years on the radio and yeah. then went to telly. Yeah. Podcasting is kind of at that level. We're at another level of, of radio broadcasting, which is this whole kind of – 
there's sketches, there's surreal, there's there's intellectual, there's, there's yeah, there's everything. Yeah, all within the measure of comedy. Like, comedy it, is being yes. played like the big instrument it is, as yeah. opposed to just. Ooh, it's, look at you, you come, on, I mean? come no, on, Like it's not just guys going. Nice. What people hate about comedy is the sameness that you see a stand up on TV. You know your hip friends ever or anyone ever. Oh, that fucking guy told a joke about yeah. airlines, yeah. Or dogs or whatever. Right. Well, podcasting's broken that shit, flipped it over. Yeah. I mean. It's deconstructed it. It's reconstructed it. Yeah. All of us have It's a big mess. It's beautiful. But it's because there's no breaks on it yet. There's no constraints. And it's free. Like, we're operating in an area that no one anticipated, which was a whole other broadcast element. Yeah. That's free. Yeah. And because everyone has a phone now that works with it, or enough people do, and have computers. Yep. We don't need the radio. Well, yeah, that's... We don't need the... The the, uh, the old paradigm is as a... You know, an annex yeah. to our little new one. As, as Katie knows, I've only read two books, and they're both by Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> awesome. But I, it's, it's that idea that, like, you know, Bill Gates was 16 when computers became accessible. Yeah. And now all this comedy exists, and all this podcast, all these people that want to do podcasts also exist at a time, like you said, that phones have apps and stuff. And you can download it. That's kind of what I need. I need to be able to get it instantly. There's yeah. no remembering. No. If I see somebody out and they're like, what's the name of your podcast? I'm like, I, I, uh, why? Why? It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I need you to download it right, right now. now. Or or it's not going to happen, which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't mean to judge or label them. I just know how I am. It's not going to happen. You, no, as a guy said it to me a couple months ago, and it's been my, my bylaw ever since then. He held up his phone and he went, if I can't show it to my friends right here, yeah. when you tell me, then it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, in the world that we're living in, in the podcast world. But I don't think it's a bad uh, constraint. I think it's... Uh, it, Adds to the immediacy, yeah. And because we have to produce these all the time, and we do, um, I found I haven't done anything in my ever that I've loved as much as me. I love it too. Can I say this though? There's something weird. I love. Oh God, you're the best. <laughs> comedy nerds and comedy talk and <laughs> podcast talk. Life is so good. Please um, don't switch away. <laughs> Please don't go over to Super Ego. Oh, don't even. They're going to be all intellectual. And That's shit. actually something Greg Barron just said to me. We, we were just in uh, San Fran for the Sketch Fest, and he was like, he was asking me to do his podcast, and I was asking him to do mine, and we were like, it's kind of like punk rock in the sense that there's no. There's no, I won't do yours. Fuck you. That'll take no, away listeners. No. There's none of it. It's no. we'll all group. It's like uh, it's like when rappers rap on other people's tracks yeah. and stuff. It's the best. But can I say this? Uh, it's weird that there's the immediacy and there's the smartphone and there's the instant downloads. But it's also weird that the content being downloaded is kind of a brother to the book. It's like yeah. old timing. Very it's much low so, tech. We're just two guys talking. Yeah. Two guys talking, yeah. and then you just listen to it. The dawn of radio wasn't like this. The dawn of radio was more sophisticated than the dawn of podcast. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they played music. They had news. They yeah. had formats. You know. Yeah. <laughs> then there were shows. Then there were soap operas. Then there, yeah. it developed within the first 10 years into this gigantic thing that television uh, yeah. assumed all of the things radio did, which is the talk show, the, yep. the, news. Sca- the sketch show, the yep. news show, yep. the, the magazine show. Right. We're here far away. You right. Know, right. Uh, right. Uh, right. Broadcasting remote from Europe during the war. And, and everything then, really gave a sense of that the world was small. And, yeah. But we're at a more primitive level. We're doing things that there was a broadcaster named Gene Shepard, who was a storyteller. And the Christmas story is his famous uh, thing that he wrote. Mm-hmm. You know that movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you haven't read the book. <laughs> I've not read it. Is it by Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah. Can you buy it Ish. in an airport? You, yes. <laughs> uh, in any case, Gene Shepard used to do 
basically primitive podcasting, what they would call his radio show consisted of him coming on and he'd go, my father always said that there was a car that ran on water, but they were keeping it from us. You know, and like yes, going to these rants about yes. different things that happened in his life. Sure, and stuff. sure. And uh, so there's very little precedent other than talk radio. Yeah. But talk radio is another thing and they, they push agendas in another way. We're well, they comedy have, they have is managers. our agenda. They have managers and right. people listening to them right. and, and sponsors and stuff that you can't say. There's areas that you can't go into. That has very to be. Much so, and we don't have that. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's no breaks. Yeah. Oh, what you just We're just said, kind of in the service of comedy. That's what I always like to say. Comedy is the agenda. And then yeah. whatever else you want to put on that, I think, for everybody that does a podcast, it's really not pushing. I push politics, but that's me. Yeah, that, you're but, just but pushing I'm yourself. to be funny first. Right. It, it's not a matter of, oh, right. thank God I finally got a forum. I was already poisoned before I had the podcast. Right. I didn't need a podcast to make me an opinionated Because ah, you're just being less yeah. jokes, more of me. Exactly. Well, let's go back to the, the weird... But I love what you said about... Sorry. I, oh, I, I'll, oh I'll, no, I'll, please. What did you love? Right Come on. That, that you said it's like everybody on everybody else's show. We all do each other's show and that is the punk rock element. It's a little incestuous, but also... Sure. Uh, the lack of ego about it is what makes me proudest that all the, uh, everybody, all the comics who do it and there's some outstanding minds mm-hmm. and um, tremendous uh, information being imparted and, and, and just jokes. Uh, the caliber of the top ones is really high. Yeah. That's what I mean about like people are going to, in 15 years, they're going to go, once upon a time, I could flip around for free and get yeah. Mark Maron interviewing another. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all this crazy. It'll be like, well, that was good. Yeah, I think it's. I think <laughs> I actually think it's just going to go crazier. Me too. That's and, why I say we're the dawn of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think what's going to actually happen is kind of that Andy Warhol thing, where it's just going to be everybody yeah. constantly accessing everything, and there will be no more intimacy or secrets. I don't think at all. Yeah, that's Either, the tough part. When, for when me. I say when I say that, people are like, "Or there'll be a regression." I talk about this all, yeah, to yeah. people all the time. They'll be like, "Or the generation after this one will be like, fuck that! I don't want anyone to know my relationship yeah, no status. I don't want anyone to know my religious yeah. beliefs. I don't want anyone to see the photos from last night. Get the fuck out of my life!" I actually think it's going to go the other way because it's kind of a it's kind of a nice feeling. It, you need to put it out all out there. Getting it all out there is liberating for me. When I meet a when I meet a fan of the show, I literally will be like, "Oh." Now I just have to catch up on you. Right. You already know me. Yeah. And th- it's not about celebrity. It's actually about human connection. Isn't it? It's so much different than celebrity. That's what I like it's about it. It's not an it. autograph. No. It's like, let's eat a croissant. No. No. <laughs> no. People mention shit you mentioned on the show, and you think, you really remember yes. something I talked about? And, and then they... that's different than, I love you on the, you right. know, um, uh, who gives Saturday Night yes. Orange yes. thing yes. that you yes. do, yes. where you yes. guys yes. put the costumes on. Yeah. They're referencing... Greg, they might be referencing the street you grew up in and what your mom yeah. used to call you. I mean, that that's like it's it's kind. Of, it can creep me out too. I suppose it's a little intimate. Not that <laughs> nah, it is a little intimate. It's funny that we started with a proctology exam. It's similar. It's invasive. I suppose. I never feel that way with uh, the fans or whatever or, or weirdos. Yeah. I feel that way uh, sometimes when I just wake up and I freak myself out. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm letting it all out. Yeah. But I'll, for the most part, I'm just kind of like, it's wonderful. I, f- I, I, I'd like us all to kind of be exchanging ideas pretty freely. Let's keep making it weird, though. All right. Uh, I'm interested in the idea that you somehow have you found this voice because when I listen to you, you're like Eddie Eddie Izzard in the sense that I look at Eddie Izzard and I'm like, how the fuck does a guy like this start? Because we're talking about you being a smart guy, not just a smart guy, but a smart act, you, deliberately smart. Do you agree with that? 
Well, I guess so. I just I always wanted to do what I thought was funny, and I feel like every good comic does. And uh, I, well, you're not downplaying your intelligence. Oh no, I browbeat them with yeah. it. Yeah, I browbeat them. Yeah, uh, and you're it became an it. act. It became a shtick more than. You know, because a lot of times I don't think I'm ever talking about anything that intelligent. It's just that I'll use a big word to describe something mundane. Right. And then in this society we live in, people say things, especially in Los Angeles, which is, oh, no, I didn't. Ah, you podcast faux pas. We all get to hear your your cell phone ring, though. I thought I turned it off, too. That's another level of intimacy. It's some sort, it sounds like we're entering a dreamscape, like a dream sequence in a movie. That's I what, turned it off. That God. That's all right, bro. All right. Sorry, Pete. Uh, right. we'll, whatever we'll you ask it. me, yes. We'll edit that out. Well, I'm kidding. We I just edit. did a uh, – I was at Sketchfest and, and conducted an, a conversation with Eddie. Uh, we did it at the Palace of Fine Arts and just I got this to – weekend? Yeah, like a week before. Oh, I wasn't there that way. No, you weren't. No. But uh, uh, I've known Eddie a long time and uh, – excuse me. He asked me to talk to him, I guess, because he knows me. And I really just kept it to, like, nuts and bolts. And, you know, he was funny and everything, but I think they I, they kind of wanted to hear, like, I wanted to hear how he got started. How do you that. start an act like that when you're, bi- you're short as He made a lot like of serious decisions. Minutes. He made decisions. Yeah. Like, he decided to uh, move out of being a street performer. He decided to do the kind of act he did. He decided to wear the drag, like... Uh, not not unorganically, but yeah. but it, w- with a lot more forethought than I ever put into anything. It was being true to himself, but being deliberately true to yourself, like a professional. Like yeah, that, that's really... actually that's a that's a brilliant point because yeah. it's like we can manufacture stuff and be like, oh, I'm I'm a crazy uh, whatever. Yeah. I can't think of a persona. Right, I'm a deadpan. Yeah, I'm a I'm deadpan. Dour. I'm going to fake that. Right. You can fake that, or you can mine yourself and be like, there is a commodity inside of you. I know that sounds horrible in corporate, but there is something true that you don't have to yeah. exaggerate, like you using big words and being a smart person yeah. and talking about politics and smart things or, or, <laughs> or stupid things smartly. I mean, I do Kardashian jokes. I, yeah, I've done you, Britney yeah. Spears, and I've beat up every pop Buddy, that, culture person. And, and yeah, and that 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 Christmas bit was like something that like a, a Ray Romano or like yeah. a like a regular kind of yeah. That that felt like Cosby, but yeah. you're doing it in a proopsy sort of intellectual way. Here's the weird one though. Woody Allen, whoo, this is going to be weird. Woody Allen said that smart comics downplay their intelligence and stupid ones upsell it. Oh, that's funny. He's probably right, but that's a classic way to look at it, too. I would I'm not saying you're it. stupid. I'm wondering if, if we could have you be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really dumb. I, like a weird moment. Yeah, that, okay. You must uh, feel dumb about something. I do. I don't know, I don't know a lot of things. I have uh, horizontal knowledge. What's uh, that? What, what that means that? I know a lot. A little about a lot of things as mm. opposed to knowing a lot about. Jackie. Like, I, I don't know how to do algebra, even though I learned to do it in school mm-hmm. and could do it when I was a teenager. I, I've absolutely forgotten every moment of it. Sure. Uh, I don't speak any languages, really. I speak some pidgin, you know, French and Spanish. Okay. That's about it. So there's a lot of areas I'm pretty weak on. Sure. Uh, and occasionally, because my show's called The Smartest Man in the World, which is, of course, a joke. Yeah. Do people give you shit? Yeah. And then I'll get an email that'll be like, you were wrong about this fact. Uh, or he doesn't really know about yeah. this and this. I'm like, I didn't say I was an expert. It's a comedy show yeah. called The Smartest yeah. Man in the World. Give me a break. And my buddy gave me the premise, which I thought was, I didn't know what to do for a podcast. And he, my friend Phil Bowman goes, um, you know how you come off. Like, you know everything. Yeah. Goes, so take questions. 
and Brooke no dissent. Uh, and I was like, that's hilarious. That's kind of what you're doing. Right, but I, did, I hadn't thought of it as that's a That's your persona. Yeah. So going back to the Eddie Izzard thing and you coming up, how you have 10-minute uh, uh, bits that are dissecting pretty interesting and, and radical yeah. things. How do you get there? How does young Greg Proops... Well, I, was doing, I could do improv as well, and I was a host first for years, like all comics, and I, I hosted it... Um, all the clubs in San Francisco and on the road around there. Right. And, uh, and for the old-time headliners, uh, well, old-time now, I'm an old-timer, so who the fuck? Uh, Kip Adada and, uh, uh, golly, I'm just trying to think, uh, Denny Johnston, um, guys who do song parodies, you okay. know, uh, like comics from the 80s and uh-huh. 70s that uh-huh. were still playing uh, when I was a host. This is in the 80s. And then um, uh, because I could do improv – I was great with the crowd. Yes. So they the clubs liked to have me host because I would go, how's everybody doing? Oh, look at you over here with right, the thing. Right, right, right. And to remember to put the thing in the write your business card and put it in the pushbowl because right. Tuesday night's big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mind oh, doing those things. Oh, my God. You things. just gave me a flashback of when you'd have to do your set. Just remember when you hosted? Yeah. When you, when you, but like do a terrible – I don't mind hosting like a good show. Yeah. But if you host a club and at the end you have to be like, okay, uh, Tuesday is karaoke night. Uh-huh. You just lose all of your credibility. You suddenly seem like just like an Thursday a, night at seven. Boy. Yeah. We're having a special comedy show for kids. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, then, and you have to read all those announcements. And at night. And that's part of your time. It's oh, part yeah, of your time. I used to do my set and then do the announcements. Yeah. They're like, nope, the announcements is part of your time. Yeah, yeah. And you can't. I don't not fake do it. those. Oh, and you can't look uninterested. You didn't mention yeah. uh, the thing. Wacky hat night. Yeah, 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 Thursday's yeah, yeah. wacky hat night. You have to say it. Yeah. Okay. Nice nice little moment. So yeah. if you're a comedian driving to a show and you have to do that, feel good. No. So yeah, I, I hosted for it. years and then I featured. And featuring, as you know, is the sweetest spot in comedy or used to be in all the clubs. Yeah. 25 minutes and you can murderize. And, you can murder. And you can no torture. No spot. Yeah. 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 You can. No expectation. No, they, they, if you're funny, they love you because yeah. they didn't think that guy was going to be yeah. funny. Yeah. And then, um, and that, so that's how I did it. And then in the middle spot, I sort of developed a little more of a long-windedness. Mm. And then being in San Francisco, <laughs> uh, I, I, years ago, and Barrett may deny this because it was a long time ago, but me, Barrett, Tim Wiggins, and um, uh, Tom Rhodes uh-huh. put together a show called The Psychobilly Freakout because we were tired of the regular stand-up show where you always went at the same time and you had to go in a certain order. And um, we had all our friends do it in San Francisco, too. This is like 1989, 90. Uh, and um, we didn't have, like, a host. We just kind of did it. was a little more alternative, like, sort of before everybody before was Before that happened, yeah, sure. And um, I remember doing one, one bit for my whole set. It was like a 20-minute set, but I would just do this. I had done Star Search. That'll tell you how long ago this was. Uh, so it was 92, sure. maybe, 91. Okay. I probably watch you. I used to love Star Trek. Oh, yeah. And I brutally lost. So I had this 20-minute routine about... But that's the curse of Star Trek. Right. You don't want to win. No, no. You so don't you want don't to win. You don't want to win. And I got, like I said, I got the 20-minute tw- bit out of it. That yes. A, so and, one premise. Right. And 20 Rhodes minutes. Would, Rhodes would go, brother, you're doing the extended disco mix on that ah! one. And I'd be like... And th- and then uh, that's sort of how I started to write more in San Francisco, uh, blow up a big long thing. And then if I needed to break it down to three jokes for a shorter set, you yeah. could kind of pull two or three things. Or uh-huh. But then the idea was to expand, 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 and then contract it back down to the best however many minutes. That's your process a little bit. Ish, I think. Is and that then, what you're doing now? Are you improvising and stuff when you're on stage? Well, now and because trimming? of the podcast, I, I, uh, I'm trying to make my stand-up as vital as the podcast because the podcast is whatever I'm thinking about that day. Yeah. And it's, as you know, I'm sure you play clubs on the road. Some clubs, you have the leeway to do whatever you like. and other clubs, you really must deliver a professional set and right. a minimum of self 
fucking involvement. Right. And let's get these. Less you, more jokes. Exactly. <laughs> As old Hill Bix. And that's, a, that's it. Let me slap on this plastic smile and plow through this shit one more time. Do the album. Really they call that doing the album. Yep. So we're all required to do that too. And I'm not making excuses, but sometimes you'll see me and that's what I'll be doing. Now, yeah. mind you, I still think the jokes are funny. Sure. But they're not going to be as uh, opinionated, outlandish. You know, I'm still going to browbeat the crowd into. Right. Uh, having said that, though, I try to sneak them in anyway. About halfway through, I get bored, and then then it's I don't, why I, don't I think... love Occupy and why you suck for not loving it. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think you're saying anything bad. And it was funny to watch both sides of that feeling where it's like you're on stage, and, and it's, it's a great thing to know. In fact, it enables a comedian to do ballsier stuff knowing <laughs> at any moment you can throw it back into second and do your act. Huh? That's a great little safety net underneath your high wire act. So it's a wonderful thing. It's great. I think it's wonderful that you can go up and be like, I'm going to do my act. I like the jokes, but I'm not going to talk about how I, whatever, woke up with a half an erection. I'm getting older or whatever. I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) That was my impression of what you want to talk about. Always want to talk about half erections. Half erections. And by the way, I never get half is. No? Oh, no. They're always, it's always astounding. They have different qualities. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you can rank it. You know this. Of, through through harsh experience, <laughs> oh God in heaven! <laughs> so let's talk about improv. I, I I love that idea. I know I know you did Who's Line. Can I tell you my experience with the Who's Line? Is it anyways? Sure, sure. Come on. Did you audition for it? No, I used to watch that show. Uh, I guess I was in high school, and I would. Uh, uh, it used to elevate my heart rate. It made me so nervous. It was not. Really? Re- it wasn't recreational because I was getting into improv. So I would watch it. And I couldn't not if you were doing if you were going down the line and singing, yeah. for example, yeah. I had seven alts. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I had to think of yeah, what yeah, I yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah. So it would standing it, on the corner. Uh, oh oh fuck you! Oh Jesus! How surreal yeah. that you're here now with me. I used to watch you do that, and it would make me sweat. They always made me go first, Tim. Yeah. yeah. Well, first is good. Don't it is? Oh you no! Right you'd on. have to do a four. You'd have to do four. Right. The last person. Two rhymes. Ryan always went last. Ryan he, always went last. A he lot was of times brilliant. they get burned to the ground. But Colin would often just do the ripcord. You know, he'd go, "I really, really think so," and then he would just fall down. One time he fell down dead. That was my favorite thing he ever did. Really? Yeah. yeah you yeah, mean he was doing a rhyme? Game yeah, he thing. got A B A B, and he got to the last one and nothing, and he just went ah and pretended to die, and I thought that was really funny. Uh, that you, well, the that's only person I ever saw throwing the towel totally, and this is, I hope I'm not talking out of school, but please he, talk out happen. of school, make it weird. George went did the English one, and we were in London, and we, I remember sitting in the commissary at London Weekend Television with a meeting at Cheese Toasty. He was there to make the Spice Girls movie, and they convinced him to come oh. over and do Who's Line. Oh. So he came over to, and he's a long time. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking nightmare! Can I just great? say right there? You're that's why I wanted to say. To do Spice World, yes. the movie. Yes. And then they call you to do a show that you're not sure you want to. Like, right. if you can But do he was it. at Second City, right? Oh, so that's right. He's, he's an improviser, he's, sure. You know. But, of course, I don't think he'd done it in a while, you know? So we had to do, like, Hoedown. And, and the, the thing that I always thought oh, was Oh, it's called Hoedown. That's about, one of your little line now. is that we would make people who are geniuses do shit they weren't good at, which is a terrible thing to do to a genius. Yeah. Like, I think they had Peter Cook on. I wasn't on that episode. And they made Peter Cook do like a rap song. And Peter Cook is one of the most erudite, vicious, uh, amazing comics that ever lived in England, right? Uh-huh. You remember uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, and uh, uh, and then they had a group called Beyond the Fringe before that. And 
he's absolutely scathing. Like, like there's no way yeah. he's funny on an improv show because you've removed yeah. all the things that make him. Yes. If you just had him be a character for half an hour, he could do it. Yeah. Because he'd be like, well, I'm a judge. And it would have been brilliant. Right. And then yeah. it'd be me. But you're like, play the so, trumpet. Now he's in it. Right. Basically. Right, right. They are, they're Pete, I'd like you to um, take these two clackers and yes. put them together and do yes. a little ham bone for me. And you know what, though? <laughs> Every year there's four new shows, local shows, not even television shows, where they're like, other talent, where it's like, we're going to have Eugene Merman come in and play the accordion. Right. How about we have Eugene tell some jokes? That's right. like what the he's thing good he's great at. at. The thing he's great His at. Metier. So you're watching this amazing guy yeah, 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 yeah. be like, I took some lessons in junior high. Here we go. No. Fucking do your act. Oh it's not God. his fault. It's That's the premise so of the show. So anyway, you bring on this genius. Oh, like, well, George when, Wendt, when, well. Wendt has to get up to do the hoedown, and he just can't think of anything. And he didn't care. He did it a couple times and went like, I went out to the thing, and I'm, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, and that was Did it. the crowd love it? They finally got one, but yeah. Yeah, because they, they love cheers in England yeah, yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, but I just thought it was the most hilarious, like, you know, an improv... And there's a lot of great improvisers. Whose line is just one little, you know, you go to UCB anywhere. Bro. Yeah. Well, it's they game fight like right. tigers. No improviser throws in towels. Yeah. Right? yeah I yeah. mean, you fight like a lion to make that scene work. Yeah. Even sure. if it's sucking balls, you're going to fucking. Right. And that's what made me laugh so hard that he just went like, and I got there to the thing and I. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, is it okay to, you know, because failing funny is the key to improv when yeah. you're doing games. Yeah. When you're doing long form, you want to be Failing funny. I've never heard that. That's well, because perfect. If you, if Even you if you blow, blow it, it right, ooh, they still love that. you. Yeah, right. And that's oh. the point. Instead of, oh, no, the tall guy's back on. Right. right? That's what you don't want in a group. And you've, been, you've done improv. I've done, yes, I have done improv, so yeah. When they don't know who you are uh, uh, and you're first starting an improv, it's, oh, there's the dark-haired guy, the guy with the glasses, yeah. the red-haired girl, the fat guy. That's how they look at you. Yep, of course. And, yeah. oh, here comes the funny one. Thank God yeah. he's back on. Oh. When you've watched improv, yeah, oh, of thank course. God, dark-haired guy. I love him. And then, oh, And if you're no. watching a Herald, you know they have to come back. You're like, And if they both suck, they're coming back for the B scene and you're like... Oh, yeah. they have to heighten what was horrible the first time, uh-huh. and Ooh. I have to suffer through this. And then, and then the the funny guy might come in. He has two choices: the funny guy in the back line might come in and right. impose himself on the yeah. scene, and that's not the purpose of improv. No. Or he can watch, lay back, hang back, and watch it kind of die. Yeah. But you got that was a high pressured situation that show. I imagine uh, it, was, it wasn't. It was. I mean, looking back on it, it was fun. Uh, I got to go to England. I only look at the parts like. Like you were saying about your proctology exam, I like to look at the uh, <laughs> excavation that was his line. <laughs> yes. As being a, a, a gateway to many other things. Yeah, sure it was. Because I was able to go around the world, and I have friends in England, and I, I, I'm going back to play in England in a, a couple weeks' time. And yeah. I can still do all that because How is it. it over there? How was it? You lived in England for a while. I lived there, yeah, London. years ago. I lived there for like five years. Five I loved years. It. I toured the island a bunch of times. I did Edinburgh. Is that times. what we say? Look at us just learning the stuff. Island. Toured the island. Yeah. You mean the island across the pond? Yeah. All right, the you puddle. son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, the puddle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, the Atlantic the puddle. puddle. No, no big deal. And and then I would call every always when I was there. It's nice to be back on your janky, dirty island off the coast of Europe. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. What is that a reference to? Anything? England. England is a dinky, well, I, dirty I, island, right? Quite close to Europe. Scott Cabrera would it's his say, own thing. the only second world country you can drink the water. You know, like, when Americans come over and, of course, are horrible about England. And yeah. Because they have a sensational sense of humor, they like it. Yeah. And they like it better than if you're sentimental. Aren't they They rocket? hate sentimentality. What do you mean? If you came on and shook the MC's hand in England and went, isn't he doing a great job? They go like this. Really? 
we already applauded for him. Oh. Now we'd like to hear your material if you don't mind. Oh. If you go, hey, where's everybody from? How you doing? They're like, how are we doing? We're at a comedy show. That's how we're doing. How are you doing? Uh, you know, they want you to get to it. Like, you learn that immediately. Really? You can, I you can spritz like, with them, but not... You can't go, how you doing? What's going on? Right up front. At really? A, if they don't know who you are, if I introduce you at the comedy store, Pete Holmes yeah. from America. Yeah. They're right. going to go, okay. Yeah. If you start with five jokes that they love, they're going to be like, this guy's fucking funny. But if you came on and went, hey, great to be here in London. They're uh, going to be like, ooh. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. the most cynical English-speaking place in the world. Okay. It's London. There's they, 10 they, million fucking people there. They know the town is dirty. They know it's full of smog. They yeah. also know it's fabulous and vital and all right. that. Right. But they're not, like, optimistic, peppy, you know. Interesting. They want the jokes. Wow. When the guys say, what should I do? I'm going to England. I'm like, tell your jokes. Yeah. One after the next. But what about the ones I don't get? You'll take them out after the first few nights. Yeah. And you'll write a new one. Yeah. That does scare me. I, I sometimes I would love, love to go it. to London. I, I bet I would love it. Love it. I bet I would love and it. And they love you. Oh, well, come on now. They love wordplay, I understand. And they I do everything. too. And there's a lot of dick jokes and a lot of mainstream schlock. Yeah. And their comedy's no better or worse. It's just different. And yeah. everybody always thinks they're so erudite. There are some amazing English comics like Stuart Lee and uh, I hear about uh, Mark all these Thomas. Names, yeah. and, uh, I mean, there's uh, that are uh, extraordinarily bright and really yeah. lay down the law. And then there's really mainstream ones who do the most schlocky observational crap that you could possibly fucking imagine. Sure. Yeah. And they don't do. Set up punchline tag tag tag. We do set up punchline tag tag tag, and that, yeah. that's I always thought the they constructual do. difference between if that's a word, yeah, that English comics will, well, it's not, you know, go down a shop, right? And uh, I mean, it's shit, isn't it? I mean, you know, you take the bus down and you go to the shop and uh, you, go, you go behind the counter, you know, and, and it's like not, it's not la, fair la, la, to la, 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 British comedian out here if, if they are as delighted with the way we are we're so delighted with how they speak and I was like is that similar for them and he was like no they love the way Australians speak I understand but not the way we speak the, you just doing that just being like it's a bit of a drag in it you yeah. know what I mean no, I want to yeah. do that like yeah alright Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Pete. You're right. You're right. Hey, I'll just. Pete Holmes, top podcaster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing what he does, ain't he? You, yeah, they, yeah. they figured out, the British people figured out something that I, I see in cinema, which is uh, there's never a lull in conversation because you can say anything. Uh, this is this is my experience. You'll be like, uh, even if it's awkward, it's like, I just found out that my, my mom isn't really my mom. They'll be like, she's not really a mom, is she? Right. And then you're still in it. Yeah. You're still in it. The Answer ball's the still in the air. Yeah. And in and, and in America you say that they're just like, Oh yeah. Oh. No, they're just like, they yeah, that must be hard on you, ain't it? They also learn they bang a, it right back to a you. million phrases that, that make that uh, social lubricity work. They a million phrases. Yes. At the end of the social day. Social lubricity. You know, like you're they, right. They we say have a nice day and we're supposed to be so emotionally honest and they're way less emotionally honest when you meet them. They're not going to give you anything about how they really feel because they haven't met you yet, they don't know you. And yeah. they have to measure you and judge you and then befriend you and then get to know you. Like they don't they're <laughs> not easy friends. Uh-huh. But having said that, they're deep friends once you get to know them. But right. I mean uh, so if you say something like my mother, they'll be like Oh, funny old world, isn't it? Ah, uh, you know, it deflects. Some, it deflects. 
It just puts right back to you. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's a question. Yeah, it yeah. goes right back yes. to you. It's like and they uh, always have a million things like that. Yes, that they always say and they all learn. The we could use that. more of that because yeah. people feel awkward at parties and stuff. Learn from the British. Yeah. Someone comes up and they're just like, "My teeth are falling out because I do meth." It's like oh, it's a dirty drug, dirty drug, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's back on you. Yeah. Ooh, get it away from Bloody me. Bloody shame, that. Bloody shame. Oh God, it makes me want to be in England. Well, and they, wearing they, hats. they can do that, but they uh, they also are, you know, like I say, they call their wives and girlfriends or, or husbands and whatnot partners. Like, and I, I always felt like I'm not, you know, that's a bit antiseptic for me. Yeah. If I'm in love with somebody. Yeah, my partner. My partner's the is someone I work with. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, someone you love is your husband or wife or yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let's get some love in there. And they, oh, I, I'm envious of the phrase mate, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, mate's great. Mate, mate is friend. Mate. He's my yeah, best mate. Yeah, mate is great. Uh, and then there's even a more, like, wait. Cockney one, mucka, M-U-C-C-A. Mio mucka. Mio mucka? Thing, yeah. Fucking my really? My buddy. God in heaven. Mio mucka. Why? We can take these. <laughs> They're free to take. I take them all the time. I say bloody all the time. Bloody's also, bloody great. helps me not swear, you know. Bloody's also very dirty, I understand. It's like it bad. Is. It's worse Wanker's than Wanker's the worst one. So my friend Dave Fulton is an American comic. He lives in London. He has for years. Wanker's worse? He came over, yeah, bloody years wanker. ago, and I got him a... I didn't do anything for him, but in any case, I was already living there when he came over. And he started doing sets and shit. Met an English girl at Edinburgh, Edinburgh Festival, and married her. He lives in London. On Breakfast TV last week, right? The morning TV's Breakfast TV. Uh, uh, you kind of said last Breakfast telly. BBC One. We only have four channels. Who gives you four? Yeah, yeah, five. And, we, uh, we play the full 33 keep flipping minutes. them around, I think. Yeah. This isn't changing. Yeah. Um, you can see the full run of The Simpsons, though. Less, oh, yeah, you Less can. commercials. It's weird. Yeah, well, they have it's two minutes less commercials, I think. Anyways, Fulton's on with another cat. And I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And uh, the host, you know, Breakfast TV, so they're all, oh, we're here with comedian Steve Fulton. Right. We understand comedy is very funny. Right. And uh, he goes... Uh, well, they ask him to do an impression of a, of a British sitcom character. There's an old British sitcom called Fools and Horses. And he goes, oh, I know Fools and Horses. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know I'm it kidding, either. I'm kidding. But it's a famous one there. Fools and, and he, Horses, yeah. yeah. And he goes, uh, well, it would be, like, me, it'd be uh, like saying wanker. And they fucking leapt off the couch. And he went, oh, I'm sorry. And they were like, you can't say that. And he went, really? he went hilariously, golly. Uh, I didn't, you know. Uh, <laughs> and of course, he's lived there playing for the dumb Americans. Oh. He's lived there. He lives in Brixton. Sheesh. He lives in like a deep London neighborhood. Sheesh. He went, yeah, golly, I didn't know that. And uh, it got in all the papers. He might I as saw well. the clip. I wrote him the other day. And yes. he's like, well, here's another BBC show that I won't be getting on along uh, with all the other BBC shows I won't get. Because he said wanker. It would be like saying, I don't know. If you went on a Good Morning America and said, that guy's a complete jack-off. Yeah. Or worse than that, We're, a jerk-off, a dick-off. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy had his cock all in my face. Yeah, It would be yeah, almost yeah, yeah. at that level. Like, I was wanker. just thinking about... Whereas Americans just think... Oh, that just means... Wanker. Yeah. Yeah, it stayed at home and had a nice wank. Right. See, I watched The Office, and that's where I learned all these things. Right. And they Tosser. Seem, tosser. Bloody Tosser. Yeah, they seem really relaxed with a lot of words that we're not that cool with. We could say, say son of a bitch and stuff on the old English one. We could swear on whose line. Really? The English one, yeah. A little more than we could in the American but one. But they can say, they like... panic on the American You're a one. cook. You're a cook. You're a yeah. cook. Yeah. Uh, from The Office, it's like, cock? That's a pretty big one. Yeah, it it's is. Like an, and they say cunt a lot more than we do. Yeah, they do. And they say... I overused it like mad when I was there because twat. it was too easy. Yeah. yeah, tw- yeah they twat, twat. Not a big deal. They're and like they, 10 and years... they pronounce it twat as twat. well. Twat. You're a twat. You're a twat and a knob end. Yeah. Knob a end. Knob end. We... Bell end. <laughs> You're the bell end. Pizzle. 
These are all mean the tip stuff, of a dick. Stuff your gob with my pink kebab. Ah! One in the bum, no harm done. Yeah. Come on, Britain. They're funny. Come on, Britain. It's not fair how funny they are. Cock. Cock. I'm trying to think of the other things, but I just ended up oh, saying well, cock shite. twice. Shite is such a genius word. Shite? It's different from shit, or is that just how they say shit? It's, it, it's just another way to say shit, but it's funnier and they more clever. They doubled it. it. Yeah. They took shit yeah. and shite. doubled it. Like shite. shite. It's a bunch of shite. Yeah. This is a delight. Hilarious. I also heard that Slurpee means prostitute. That I don't know. Or fanny pack. Fanny means well, fanny your is, vagina. Yeah. Not your minge. Believe me, minge. when I lived there in the 90s, minge. I had a fanny pack routine and a may I bum a fag routine. Oh. I wasn't above any of that shit. Wait, bum That was when I first moved there. Fag over there means cigarette. cigarette. Yep. So don't go to New York and say, can I bum a fag? Or you may get more than your... In your man minge. Yeah, your bloody man minge. Man, minge. Man, I, I, man milk. I heard that one there. Ooh, man pussy. Beef curtains. That one is really disgusting. I don't really like beef curtains. No, terrible. That That's one. it. Hatchet wound. Uh, beef, beef, beef injection, <laughs> if you remember that Hot one. beef injection. Hot beef injection. They said that on The Simpsons once. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, I kittens. couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Well, train spotting, if you've ever seen that one. No. It's a, 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 a treasure trove of, of Scottish uh, cursing, yeah. Yeah. Britney Spears means beers, I heard. Well, we could get into yeah, this uh, even more. Uh, anyways, I, I gotta, I gotta, anyways, they're lovable, and uh, but you know, but cold and unfeeling. Let me ask you this. Ooh, first of all, Ryan Stiles, I used to love him because I'm tall and he's tall. And he's then quite he, tall. He I just stopped doing stand up. Yeah, you did. just what? You did what now? We were in um, uh, uh, Seattle night before last. Oh, okay, fun doing a show. Doing the we do a, a improv group, me and him and Jeff Davis and Chip Aston do a, a four hander. Not Colin Mockery. Colin, Colin goes on the road with Brad. Oh. He's got a two hander. He does. Son of a bitch. There's English phrases for you. Four hander. Two hander. Yeah. Instead of a team. I, Double act. They do that. That's a showbiz term. They say it's a two hander. If you're like going off for, I guess right. I think I've heard that before. Two hander, four hander. But why did Ryan Stiles stop doing stand up? He said, "I remember he was my hero." And then I, back in the day of dial up internet, I looked him up, and all I could find was an interview where he was like, "I stopped doing stand up because everyone did stand up." He started in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, like I did, and uh, we're the same age. Um, and uh, he was doing strip joints in Vancouver. Um, He's Canadian. He's sort of both. I think he has passports for both. I think his family's from Canada, and he, he was from Seattle. So he's got that Northwestern thing going. Uh-huh. And then uh, our friend Rich Elwood is his old buddy at a comedy club up there, and they work together. And then I guess Ron was uh, working in the daytime on his dad's boat and then doing stand-up at night. Uh-huh. And then when he when he came to L.A., uh, and I'm, I'm telling his story very poorly, I think that's when he – he started to get on TV and do improv a lot more. And right. then that became an overwhelming thing. And, and he just kind of dropped it. But he did do stand-up. The only ones in the big group that did are me, Drew, and him. Uh-huh. Of all the Who's Line guys. And in England, uh, Merton is a stand-up. You guys don't feel like stand-ups that do improv. You feel like improvisers. You know what I mean? You ever see a stand-up that does improv and he's always forcing premises and kind of doing one-liners and stuff? You usually feel I'm sitting right here, Pete. Ah! I can You know, that real piece of shit but stuff. But I'm not, I don't, uh, improv to me, I like, I love doing it because it's fun. And, and also, I'm in a group with Ryan Stiles, so it's like being on a baseball team with you know, uh, Babe Ruth, he was, points at the like, fence. and That whole time I was trying to think of a baseball player and I couldn't do it. I was like, Willie Mays? That's more of a racial... Well, he was like great. Willie, Willie Mays was great, though. Willie Mays is a little more flamboyant than Ryan, but yes. <laughs> so is Babe Ruth, for that matter. Yeah. I just meant the confidence that, that he's really bulletproof up there. Uh, and we play games. We, we're we unabashedly... Yeah. You know, we don't do long form. We don't do heralds. You're just you having... come to see us, we sing, and we make fun of each other. Yeah. And we do little short games. And you have and, fun. Yeah. 
I like that so much. Let's make it. Let's make it weirder. You. Uh, let's talk about you being. And then we- Run our hands across each other's chest. Yeah, uh, you again. That's been happening mm-hmm. the whole show. Weirder or pervier? Okay. Yeah, anyway, you made it pervy. Is the yeah. name of my companion piece of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you made it pervy. I uh, well, sisters show. I really am interested in the idea that uh, all performers have to get to where they go. I'm not for everybody. Yeah. Right? And what I said at the beginning of the show that you're kind of self-validating where you don't necessarily seem to need the crowd to tell you it's good. I feel when oh, I listen yeah. to you do stand up <laughs> that you're like this is good. The crowd won't laugh and or or one person laughing you'll be like that's right. That's very funny. Like you're, you seem to be a fan of what you do, and you seem to be aware that is that someone, terrible? No, man, that's the gospel that we preach in this church. Yeah, that's what we're telling exactly. everybody is that you should. And I, we actually have that in common. Is yeah. that I was very much aware that I'm that way too. I'm yeah. like, that's a good joke. Yeah. But I, I wonder, are you that way in life? Do you feel like you don't need to get it from extra? Because I'm very codependent. And I'm very Al-Anon-y, like I had alcoholic parents-ish. Mm-hmm. And then, so I look for people to tell me what I'm doing is good all the time. Oh, yeah, you want you affirmation from everybody. Uh, you don't I'd seem like to have it on from show business, but that's just sort of a nonsensical, like Mark Maron uh, said in his speech at Montreal this year, don't uh-huh. show up and expect show business to like you. And you're not going on a family trip to Disneyland. Yeah. Show business has no expectations of you, so you can't just show up and go, I'm here. Does yeah. everyone love me? Yeah. Uh, but that's that sort of uh, impossible dream that we all kind of came here with. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I need it from everybody. Um, Where's that coming from? <laughs> but I, well, why are you? Uh, it I, seems I, my wife, well I want it from most of all. Really? Uh, uh, but but uh, other than that, I I I I just think like when you do stand up and stuff, and I always think they can be right about you. I mean, you can be terrible, you can be off, or you can have a bad night, or you can be drunk, or whatever it is. You're not in the mood. Maybe you're just not giving it up. Um, but generally, they're not. Generally, I feel like I'm right. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in the first person. Mm-hmm. I'm right. And so I know how funny this is going to be. And I have control over how funny I can make it. Yeah. And so therefore, they have to bend to my will. Yeah. And if they do, then I can pick them apart in the midst of their laughter. If yeah. they don't, then yeah. I have a starting point to beat yeah. them up for not What a nice little device that you've up. done. Yeah. And you found a way to like uh, make it funny to force your comedy on them a little Pretty bit. much. When so I you did... win either way. Yeah. I did these competitions in the 90s. At San Francisco when it was a kind of a bigger deal. I don't think it's a big deal now, but it was called the San Francisco Comedy Co- International. Okay. Hilariously. Ooh. I don't know if anyone, maybe someone from Guam did it once. <laughs> and, uh, Encino. Guamarera. Uh, and here's who wait, wait, was wait. on it the year. I, I need you to laugh at Guamarera. Oh, did you say Guamarera? Oh, thank you. I was so busy listening to myself. Guamarera. Wow. Guamarera.net. Wow. Keep going. I'm so sorry. Hello, I am Guamarera. <laughs> He would do that as a character. Of course he would. Let's get him in here. The monkey <laughs> is so large. Do not judge the monkey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Guamarera. Yeah, yeah. His size is of no concern to you. Uh, um, wow. Uh, uh, so you're doing the international. Oh, yeah, yeah. San so I did it four times in a row, and I finished. Uh, there was 40 people. It would start with 40, end with five. Uh-huh. And I never made it to the top five. I finished 30th, 20th. 11th and 7th in the four years I did it and uh-huh. I was getting better as a comedian the last year I did it in the top group with me was Louis C.K. Um, uh, Barry Weintraub uh, Steve O not that Steve O another Steve O um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Chris uh, uh, Tim Slagle uh-huh. like all these guys that you know are fucking great comics sure none of us won 
Louis C.K. didn't win no. this competition. That'll yeah. give you an idea. Right. And he was quite funny then. Yeah. And this was a long time ago. Um, I know his old act. Yeah. I have an apple. Yeah. Me so horny. Yeah. Uh, Bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so uh, it was during the second or third year of it when I realized that I was dying on my ass. Half the nights you'd slaughter and you'd be the best comic there. And half the nights they would literally be perplexed yeah. because of the venues you were at. It would uh-huh. switch from... Kind of more hillbilly to a little more uptown than to the East Bay, then blah, blah, blah. And sure. so my act was invariably, you know, I was going to do the same thing. And I remember someone, I said, it's so hard to do a short set. And a manager in San Francisco said, what, do what you do, what you do, but do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Which is easy to say, but a difficult thing to manufacture. Yeah. So obviously people who rapped or did broader things killed in a shorter set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is no excuse because it was utterly instructive, like all things in comedy are. The failure is what makes you better. Mm-hmm. So I would die in my ass. And then I realized at the end of like the second competition, I don't care if everyone likes me. It was an absolute liberation. Uh, you remember. Right. Like I remember thinking. You put the bags down. I finally, yeah. Like it, it's okay. Even on a great night when you're murdering. There's a, there's four people in the house that just don't fucking they you know hate, what I mean? They hate you. They're, man, or I they're on I the don't fence. Get it. Yeah, who cares? You know, yeah. he's really he's loud and he's yeah. aggressive yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. whatever they're thinking. Yeah, sure. He's I don't like his voice or sure. the other guy was funnier. Yeah, I wish the middle guy had done more time. Uh, so I realized that there's only a, always a small percentage of people who aren't going to like you. Sometimes there's a large percentage of people who don't like you. Right, but you don't need everybody. Yeah. And that's where you realize you were playing, if we're going to flip those numbers, there's four people that really love you, you're going to play for them. Yeah. You seem to have a healthy understanding of, like, this is what I'm doing. Like, when we were talking about it earlier, like, I get who I am, and you do it. Yeah. And you go out and you do it. I'm really interested in the idea of taking that Eddie Izzard, that sort of Greg Proopsy sort of long bits. It, it's fueled by your persona so much. How do you do that in 10 minutes? It's really interesting that we got to hear a little, a little bit about that. Sometimes I ask questions. Sometimes I just make declarative statements about what already happened. I noticed you did both just now, one yeah, after the next. Yeah. I'm not sure which one to address, but I don't let me know try either. to. No. Uh, when you do it on TV, I think uh, uh, the, you, I would write like one-liners or whatever, and then which I, you can do, but I'm not a big one-liner person, only because it's, I don't sit around thinking of them. Um, right. But uh, the other thing is, uh, I, I would try to if I had to do like a four or five minute TV set, do one bit. Yeah. That had a bunch of stops in it. Or do one quarter of your bit right. about well, do, uh, Star exactly. Search. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I did Star Search on TV. That's it. Every bit I've ever done. Here. Okay, stop, like, stop clapping. Uh, Star Search. <laughs> and then right. you have to go into it right away. Every TV set I've ever done usually is one or two jokes and then a three-minute bit yeah. about something that goes on and on and on. Oh, and that's on. what I do, too. I like doing that because yeah. I like to do bits. I think that's the way to do it. And, and now, nowadays, we think about that. We do the late night spot, and you want to kind of just oh, that's that's the magic set. You did then you did the Google set, yeah. and then who cares? You, you don't want to do too many jokes. Let's get let's make it even. Uh, let's make it weird. Let's okay. talk about your wife a little bit. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa! Pump the brakes! Pump the brakes! Yeah. Pump the brakes! We're going in. Uh, you are married. I am quite a while. Long time. Long time. Long time. Lover. Two years. Twenty. We've been together a long time. You've had a partner for twenty. More than that, twenty some. Oh, oh yeah. we don't want to reveal. No, no, keep the keep she's the fun. She, oh, she's one of the, She's one of those women I hear about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, you'll, you'll meet one one day, Pete. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm uh, wishing <laughs> for the one I love. God. And Ryan Styles comes yeah. out and sings better than me. Right. Oh, fuck you. And Wayne Brady only his talent. Wayne Brady. Wayne B. 
Is he the bane of your existence? No. Oh, come on. I get along with Wayne. I just uh, did a show with him in England. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, we get along. One of your best mates? It would be so. No, I wouldn't say he's one of my best mates, but we, we definitely have a good friendship, and uh, he's very funny. Yeah. And much nastier, obviously, since he's been... I used to have him on my chat show that I did at Largo, and I loved having him on that, because then he'd be really nasty. And, really? And, yeah, and people would be like, oh... Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he changed minds because yeah. people would come in like, oh, oh, is he going to dance and sing? And like, yeah. no, he'd be nasty for 20 minutes. And then I'd go, well, you sing and improvise a song with the, like John Bryan, which right. piano player is amazing. Uh-huh. And they'd make some shit up and then everybody would be like, oh, that is good. Uh-huh. Instead of, I'm judging this. Right. I, I don't think that's good. That's so funny. You see him do it and yeah. then you go, oh, fuck. He yeah. just threw down this huge thing and yeah. with jokes and yeah. sides and fucking moves. He's and, very good. Mm-hmm. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady, you're very good. He's fine. We approve of you, Wayne. Uh, so you, how did you meet your wife? Oh, we were in college together. In college together. Yeah. And then uh, and we, st- oh, wow. we wouldn't start going. We, and so then this is later, a pre-comedy we, relationship. You hadn't yet started really doing oh, comedy. Oh, I was a stand-up. I was already doing improv and everything. And then uh, uh, I was in a team then. And uh, she even came and seen me on my team when I was in my early 20s. And then we started dating a few years after that. We met through a mutual friend again. And, uh-huh. And then that was pretty much it. We've been going out since then. Fucking, so. what are you, magical? Look at I you. I know, right? And you're smiling when you're thinking I about her. You fucking suck forever. You suck. You know my wife, didn't you? I don't know if I've I met her. And when I say I, I, you suck, I just mean you're living the dream. I think that's great. So, uh, you, Well, I didn't get married here, so that's the big thing. And I didn't meet yeah, her here. In California, you yes. mean. You remember Don Simpson, the pervy producer who... Guam uh, Simpson? Yeah, Guam Simpson. <laughs> he was from uh, uh, Guam. And he produced a lot of movies. He produced Top Guam. And he produced... Uh, Guam with the Wind. Uh, Guam with the Wind. <laughs> he did a lot. Guam, for, baby Guam. For four weddings in a Guam. <laughs> ah, that's a great. That's great. We're, we're establishing that it rhymes. Guam, and then you, you do baby, one yeah, that doesn't rhyme. That's great. Rhyme. We, yeah, know, yeah. we know the tricks. Yeah, yeah. Look at us. Hugo Like old... Okay. Come yeah, on. Too come far. on. I liked it. Yeah. That's the next step. And then we bring it back. Right. But Okay. So Guam. What, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, John Simpson was a pretty producer. His, he moved his doctor into his pool house. Uh, and him and Jerry Bruckheimer were a team. And they Did made that? all those big blockbusters. <laughs> and then Don Simpson moved his doctor into his pool house. The doctor OD'd and died at his house. This and then is- Don Simpson died. And Don Simpson famously, you know, lots of drugs and lots of actresses. You know, yeah. just a real hedonist, yes. a libertine, yes. if you will. Okay. In the old school Hollywood, you know, the leather jacket with the Top Gun patch on it. And uh-huh. you know, when you see uh-huh. pictures of him sure. on the set with all I the biggest it. stars of the 80s. And he fantastically said, and he was just known for scorching earth with actresses, uh, you don't come to Hollywood to get married. <laughs> oh, God, that was creepy. That was creepy. I had the benefit of seeing the look on your face. You kind of tilt it and <laughs> look at me sideways. His doctor OD'd at uh, his, at, that's at the it, most, living in his pool house. That's my favorite That's the biggest thing. LA. That's the biggest L.A. God, sentence I've awesome. ever heard. If you want to hear, play it back, because you're like, he moved his doctor into his yeah. pool house, and then he overdosed, then he overdosed. Then he overdosed. And Jerry Bruckheimer was sprinkled in there for good measure. But Jerry Bruckheimer's carried on and been yeah. wildly successful without Don. But they well. used to work for, I think it was, he was, would they, they worked for someone else, uh, uh, Evans, uh, him and Ovitz were at Paramount mm-hmm. when they were juniors. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so he's a lengthy, you know. But anyway, he's just, that always made me laugh harder than anything anyone could say because it's right. of, of all people. You don't come to Hollywood to get married. Mm-hmm. Also, well, the, the California Bill Burr was on the show and he did a rant that I think maybe made me never want to get married in California. It was like a, a horrible half everything, even oh, if she of the cheats community on property, you, yeah. sort of thing. And I was like, oh my god, that's terrifying. But uh, you you got married uh, pretty pretty young and stayed fourteen, yeah, fourteen years old. <laughs> We got married in Kentucky and uh, beautiful, she, beautiful what she hill do? country there. 
<laughs> the rolling hills. Well, no one can see you. I mean, yeah. I think, or hear your shouts. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing. That's you. step one of fifty yeah. to you becoming that guy we were talking about at yeah. the top of the show, crazy person. You, uh, what does she do? She's just my partner and everything. Really? Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. What's the name of your incorporation? G and J, yeah. our names. Ooh, yeah. isn't that clever? On. Come on, what is this? The Notebook. <laughs> hey, you wanted to get weird. I never talk about my personal life. So. Really? Well, not my wife, really. No. Mm, that's fun. So you work together. She tour with you? No, but like we're going to England and Glasgow. She'll and go to Paris. The good yeah, ones. Yeah, 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 the good ones. Yeah. Did she go to the shows? Yeah. She likes the shows. Well, she was a sketch with me all you week. You said earlier that you really want her to laugh. So oh, you, I run everything by her. You trust her uh, opinion? I do, but she's too smart, right? Does she give you tags? Yeah. Oh, she gives me jokes. She gives me everything. But uh, uh, And premises. Really? Um, yeah. But uh, she's too smart because she's really smart. Like, she's really smart. Yeah. Like, I pretend, you know, I'm smart. Right, right, right. You know, I can use the word ameliorate improperly in a sentence. Yes, 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 impressive? yes. But she actually knows what the fuck she's talking about. So I'll tell her a joke. And inevitably, she'll look at me side eye and go, open with it. Ah. Right? You know, like she just shoots it down. Yes. And then I'll say to her sometimes, you're wrong. The, the audience is stupider no, than you. No, and this no, joke's no, going to no, fucking work. No, no, this joke no, is going to no, fucking work. No, no, no. I picture you shaving while this is yeah, happening. Yeah, and she like, goes, you'll see, Jay. Yeah, 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 you'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then you go out and you open with it. Right. And I'll do it. And I'll be right. Because you can do something so lame that you think at home is so, uh, you know... Just, just, Brilliant. And, and, well, and she'll go, that's lame. And I'll go, no, that's what people are going to laugh at tonight. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to aim low. I'm just saying, sh- you can't make your show immensa. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, aim yeah. at the top yeah. 1%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's have not going to be humans a crowd's laugh. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You have to do what people want. Right. We're not at the fucking bit. Lawrence Livermore. So lab. she'll she'll actually be right. I mean, you'll be right. You'll show her occasionally. And then sometimes she's right. I am. Well, obviously, she's right a lot more than I am. But uh, and also she's right about like you know, Greg, the heat of your body when you're on stage yeah. and your wife is in the crowd and you do a bit that she said wouldn't work. That has to be a complex <laughs> emotional cocktail for you to sip down at that yeah, moment yeah. to be like. Oh, on one hand, that joke didn't work. On the other hand, my wife's pretty kick-ass. Yeah. And then you just throw to her, and she's sitting there with a yeah. polar bear. I don't know why. Right, she has a polar <laughs> Like the Andy Williams show. There's a bear eating cookies next to her. <laughs> That's how I picture your and wife. she's rolls. wearing, yeah, red. Yeah. Uh, now, at the podcast, I refer to her all the time, and, and I talk to her, because she's often there, especially when we do it in L.A. Yeah. And I'll go, Jennifer, what was the, just like at home, you know? Yeah. And she'll go. You know, uh, Illinois or whatever. I like your night. your impression of your wife is kind of rolling eyes and be like, Illinois, dummy. Yeah, well, if yeah. you if you're in a relationship, you know that yeah, you, where you stand. Yeah, it's not the head you. of the class always. Yeah, is is that is she who's uh, pants wearing? It sounds I don't know I don't know what kind of question that is. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm wondering in a lot of relationships that I see that are successful, people seem like they're both alpha. But then there are different times when you take it on the chin for the other person. Absolutely. I think that's exactly right. And I also think that the thing that uh, uh, w- she's real honest and she's really perceptive about people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little more, you know, because I, we're performers, right? So we're children. We mm-hmm. want people to like us. And if people pretend to like us, often we're swayed by that. That's mm-hmm. why show business works. Because people will pretend to like you, and then you realize they are openly fucking you, but because you think they like you, you know what I mean. What a treat for those that stuck with us through, so, exactly. up to this point. That was a, a gem. So they, 
<laughs> you know, she'll say, uh, this person is coming this way or this person needs to be. And I'll think, oh, you're right. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, but I thought right. they were nice. And she'll be like, don't you get what's going on? Right. And so. Because uh, she has that perspective that you're you're blinded by. You always think about, you know, well, you don't always think about it, but I mean, like, we, you know, in show business, sometimes people get really big or whatever, and then they, they're kind of not as funny or they're not in touch or whatever. And it's always a function of how much reality is happening yeah. in your life. If you have. They're not riding the bus anymore. Exactly. I'm actually quoting Sinbad. I've done it before well, on the show. Are. It's a great Sinbad quote. It is a great Sinbad Comedians quote. Comedians are funnier when they're riding the bus. Uh, I had to ride the bus when I started. I don't ride the bus now, but I do pick up my mail. Yeah, and I do wash dishes and yep. I take out garbage. And it's um, funny that not that I'm so great, but no, like, it's people that don't do these things in their life lose contact. Yeah, lose touch. So your wife you can is smell there. it in their comedy, man. Yes, of course. It always feels a little uh, a little fake too. Sometimes I'll, with celebrities too, Jennifer Aniston will be like, "I was doing the dishes the other day." I was like, "Did your publicist tell you to say yeah. that? Yes, you haven't they touched did. a dish no. in six years, no. uh, probably longer." So that's really interesting. So your wife, if I may, put words in your mouth. <laughs> is anchoring you a little bit. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah! Oh, no. I'm, She's I'm, keeping you from the brink, yeah, man. I'm, I'm moody and, and, and you know, druggy. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a lot of fun. And so I need someone to fucking, you know, pull my shit together. Here and, comes stable Jennifer. Not yeah. taking your shit. Not falling for your tricks. And not letting people trick you. Protecting. Chocolate. Loving. Supporting. God, you're making this sound good. Yeah. God, and I want, she's a great cook. I want to fuck you, man. I want a framed photograph of you guys. Fuck you forever for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> you look like I am lucky. You look so happy. I'm so well, happy. Well, you know, all the, the guys that know her know that she's cool. Yeah. And, and she has a fucking tremendous sense of humor. Like, I don't think that would be, I don't think I could be with someone who, you know, when they always go like, oh, opposites attract. Pete, yeah. Pete's a liberal, fun, uh, happy go lucky guy. Yeah. But his wife is a yeah. draconian whore who's a Nazi and has no sense of humor. You think, how does that work? I never understand. Opposites don't attract at all. I, My wife has a hilarious sense of humor. Yeah. She's cynical, which yeah. is smart. Like, yeah. You know, you you were being the person. I say this all. I think this all the time. I'm trying to be the person I'd like to be with. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Because I often have unfair standards for the people that yeah. I look for. I'm like, I'd like you to be better than me. It's like, fuck that. I'm going to be exactly how I'd like them to be. Pretty much, they can be their own person. But if I want somebody that, for example, uh, doesn't do heroin, I won't do heroin. Right. And then and then I'll probably attract people that don't do heroin because right. the people that do heroin do it together. It's a uh, great I, community. No question. Uh, <laughs> the things that you do are the things that. You know, you like-minded people are going to, uh, yes. to find you. If you do heroin, you're going to date people who do heroin. Yeah, There's that's right. pretty much little question Pretty about much. That or one. you're going to discover it together, and that's going to be a weird and wild journey. It is. The shaking. Oh, the God. waiting. No, that's the, the waiting. Uh, that's what Tom Petty said. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's lovely. I'm, I'm so glad we got into that. Uh, one last thing, and I'm, I'm very interested to talk to you. I love that. I love this show. And I love that we didn't get to your voicing a Star Wars. Don't even... Star Wars character. We're it's not coming even... out in 3D. I know it is. That's pretty funny. If there's fun. one thing that's going to improve the plot of that movie, it's being able to see the dimension. depth of the CGI. Yeah, yeah another dimension will really amp the stakes oh. up in that pot. I can see how bad it... Oh, I don't want to shit on a movie you were in. People were it's let okay. down by that. That movie's not that... Uh, the plot's not so hot. I was yeah. thrilled to be in it. You were good in it. That's that's one of... The, although that scene is way too long. I get letters from Denmark and shit. It's, it, it's like joining a weird club that you're eternal sure, in because sure, there's sure. people who live their lives for this stuff like we're in the store yeah we're now. in their temple we're, right now no, yeah yeah but i love that we didn't even get to that yeah. Here, here's a great way to get into religion 
is uh, that's how we end the, the show. We talk oh. about God and uh, or just whatever godly things, godish things. We uh, we actually godish. have kind of similar bits. Guamish. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Half court swish. The, the the net didn't even move. It went so perfectly in the net, it didn't move. Skyhook. Yeah, that was great. Nice. Uh, we you, here's two things about religion. I was listening to one of your albums, and you ha- we have a similar bit. Not not prim- it's not like they don't step on each other. But I have a bit about how I went to a religious school. A little bit about me. I went to a religious school, and I actually knew we were obsessed with keeping our virginity. Okay? Really, a lot of dry humping, a lot of chafing. Do you understand? Yes. So I knew girls. You're comfortable, but yes, yes. You're making it weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got to do. I knew girls. Girls that would uh, have anal but wouldn't have vaginal. It was right. God's loophole, God's poop hole, really. And this, wow. so I, I have a bit about this, and it's similar to your tone of some of your religious jokes. Is that I was like, is this how we think of God? Up there looking down, mm. saying, I specifically said no. Oh, it's up the ass? No problem. No problem. And you die and go to heaven. And God's like, yeah, you, yeah. you tricked me. Get in there, you asshole. You yeah. know what I mean? So you had some stuff about the small way that we can look at God. The small, like, it's, it's kind of an interesting light to shine on some people's religious interpretation is being like, do we really think we're fooling the creator of the universe yeah. or whatever? If, if, Column A is he creates everything and is omnipotent and all-powerful and all-knowing and all that sort of stuff. Column B is you can trick him by taking it up the poop chute. (laughs) Those two things are at odds. Those are at odds. So I saw a lot of that in there. But here's the weird question. When I was more religious, I used to – you had a bit about uh, God Bless America at the beginning of baseball games. And you're like, I think God's too busy. And I had this weird flashback to how I would have responded when I was 22. And I'd like to tell it to you. Yes, please. Which was God is not too busy to be at a baseball game. He can do everything everywhere. Like I used to remember – it's silly – being offended by the notion that people would be like, God, please help me win the lottery. And people are like, God's got better things to do. He can do everything. That, right. That's what you I don't question his omniscience. Yeah, he can do anything. Yeah. They, of course. Of course. Of course he can. Wow. Let's, let's talk about – yeah. I just, I just unloaded a little bit about what I was thinking about religiously. Do you still hold that position? Today. No, I, my position currently <laughs> is that I believe – I'd love to hear what you think about this. I believe that there's an importance to the myth of religion. Let me, uh, let me say what, there's a people. One of the things people say to discredit religion is that they're all the same. Like if you mm, no, I, I've heard that before. Yeah, I know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I see. I see. I'm disagreeing with that. You can disagree, but one of the things is is like, oh, that guy's wearing the Nevermind shirt with the baby penis. Okay, so uh, <laughs> there's two versions. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he could have gone the other way. He could have gone the other way. I believe that there's a reason why there's so many similarities between religions and why we keep telling the same story is because it's kind of imprinted on who we are mm-hmm. as a species. You can even just look at as, as mammals and say we don't have souls we just have brains and uh, we're trying to define ourselves but there, I think there's an important reason why we keep telling the same stories with the same virtues and the same values and the same hero tale and the same sacrifice and grace and forgiveness and love and all that sort of stuff keeps coming up if you wiped out the earth today and it was just a couple people left in a thousand years would have the stories again even though there would be no record of mm-hmm. it's just it's in our fingerprint so that's the importance that I put on religion now. Do I think it's literally happening? I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care if the Bible is literal anymore. I don't care yeah. if any of those uh, stories or books are literal. What I take from it is that there's something to be learned from 
from listening to those stories, but not going like, oh, that's why we shouldn't jerk off or whatever it is. Or that anal sex is somehow preferable yeah. to. Yeah. How did we get from like a, this story yeah. to like, I take it up the ass for God. Yeah. Fucking A, man, look inside. Let's look at what the story's telling. Let's pull out, <laughs> let's pull out a little bit and get past the legality of it and just see what, what are, what are all, what is Buddha saying that Jesus said, that this guy said, yeah. that this guy said, that they're all saying, yeah. that the current people that are making religions now are saying. What do you think? Well, <laughs> I, I think you're right. There's something to be extracted from all of them and the people who shit on them across the board. I understand that stance because I know a lot of people who are very intelligent. I respect their opinion. Uh, a, a few lapsed Catholics and there's nothing like a lapsed Catholic. Good. Because, One of the best laps. Yeah, they really. Yeah. The, next to the laps, uh, laps, laps, who live in Lapland, uh, <laughs> who are no longer laps. Can I get a lap stance? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Uh, from three to four, the pool is only lap swimming, so only wow. Catholics. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go on. I'm so sorry. No, but I think you're right. Uh, I don't know. There, I think I, I quote the Bible in, in my little podcast sometimes because uh, the last – I had it out a couple of weeks ago because I was talking about um, the book of Thomas, right? Because that's the fun one. Yeah. And, uh, not in the canon. Right. The Christ, Left out. Yeah. The Christ story is uh, – no, he's not even in synoptical, right? He's not. Yeah. It's gone. Um Guam, baby, Guam. And uh, so he, uh, uh, yes! I, I was reading from it, and it was like when the moment Jesus died, a, a bunch of uh, uh, people got out of their graves and walked around in town. It says in the Bible, according yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, zombie invasion, right? Like, yeah, this yeah. is a pretty freaky moment yeah. where the Bible doesn't explain why this is happening. He right. simply says that the moment he perished on the cross. Yeah. Uh, burp, 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 I think it the- was to, to justify something in Isaiah. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, I'm actually right. not kidding. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of that stuff was to make it. Uh, kind of revisionistly or not. Possibly revisionist to, to make it jive, to make with, it the jive with the Old Testament. Yeah, you get it. I agree because you you're trying to keep the prophets from the Old Testament's yeah. uh, uh you know, Ezekiel and Isaiah. You know what's, and, can I say one of the more interesting yeah. religious things I know that I think you would get? It? They uh, So the Messiah is supposed to be from the bloodline of David. Mm-hmm. And they... In, a prince even, maybe. Yeah, sure, of peace. And they <laughs> trace back the lineage of to David from Joseph, mm-hmm. Jesus's father, right. who did didn't not, have anything right. to do with right. it. Who apparently did not inseminate Mary. Right. That's the one Holy of the, Spirit inseminated That's the her. beginning. That's, that's Matthew verse one as we go back yeah. to talk about going to the bloodline right. and we're tracing it to the guy that didn't do it. Right. And that might've even been too old, even though Jesus is the oldest one, right? Jesus is the oldest one what? Of his family. He has a bunch of brothers, right? Oh, well, it depends James on- James and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. People uh, don't know that. I, but, I don't know but that. But he's uh, Joseph's much older than Mary. Mary's a young bride, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Teenish this when she has right. Jesus. That sounds about right. right. Sure. Uh, there's two good books. That, well, there's King Jesus by Robert Graves, but then I'm sure you read. Have you ever read Christopher Moore? There's one um, called Lamb. No. It, it, no, William. Uh, Gladwell, is it? Ma- Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell uh, thinks nice. the world of this book. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> it, and it, and the, the premise of the book is uh, um, a, a guy who knew, is Jesus' best friend. Uh, and that's it, so it's comedy. Yeah, it's a yeah. comedy book, yeah, but yeah. he takes on all these a lot of hilarious issues. So he grows up with Jesus, and he's resurrected, and an angel is sent to him to write his book, uh-huh, right, to uh-huh. join the rest of the books. So he's taken to a hotel room in New York where they're watching daytime TV and ordering pizzas, and the angel's a moron, right? The angel's dead, good looking, giant, and stentorian and beautiful, and has no comprehension because he's from heaven, you know? Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah. he's watching Jerry Springer going, Well, how come that woman's doing, you know, like yeah, the yeah. guy's going, Don't you, you never yes, mind. Yes. Never mind. Fun. He tries to sneak out on him, and 
<laughs> in any case, the beginning of the book starts with the first time I met Jesus. Uh, I was in um, uh, hmm. where they grew up. They're not. They didn't grow up in Bethlehem. Gal- Galilee. I yeah, think Galilee. So. Whatever. They, he's in the town square with his little brother, and the brother's uh, smashing a lizard with a rock, and Jesus is picking it, up, putting it in his mouth, and it's coming back to life, and he's handing it back to his brother. Ah. So that's how he introduces the character, fun, right? Fun. And then he becomes his best friend, and they they it's, like it's all fiction. the missing years. It's right? fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So they go to India, and they learn about. Uh, Buddhism and Hinduism. Yeah. They go to China and they yeah. learn about Tao. You know, like they it's one of the all- theories. Some people right. believe this. They, le- yeah. they learn all the ancient and yeah. he extrapolates. And he says, "I'm extrapolating." Then, you know, and this is just funny. Right. That's interesting. And so that's the whole idea that that, that the trick of of the loaves and fishes is a Buddhist trick. Where you take one grain of rice and make a bowl of rice out of it. And so when they get to the sermon and he's able to do it, yeah. like they already learned it earlier in the Interesting. Yeah, so it's just they a learned very the funny from book. Buddha. Yeah, I mean, it's called Lamb. So, so you're reading the Gospel of Thomas, you're reading Lamb, you're reading this like, kind of extra biblical stuff. I'm fascinated with it. But you're it. interested and in it. And the Gnostic stuff, too. To, yeah. be, to be honest, I thought for sure, not for sure, I thought maybe you were going to be in the San Francisco intellectual stereotype of me, of like, Fuck that shit! It's all bullshit, and I and I hate it. It's hurtful. I think that people who are uh, homophobic, narrow-minded misogynists that run a lot of the kind of popular Christianity that gets tossed around, right, uh, are a painful thorn in my ass. But sure. What are you going to do? They've always been there, and yeah, that's as old. Thorn as Thorn in my side, by the way, is a biblical expression, mm. which was very brilliantly woven back in. Um, you, there was a radio preacher in the 20s named Billy Sunday, and then there was Cardinal Spellman in the 40s who was just heavily anti-Semitic. And, you yeah. know, there's always been people on TV who are purporting to be Christian yeah. and then have a axe to grind against whether it's women or right. blacks or whatever. Right, the fuck. Right, right, you know right. that. So that part drives me mad about it. And I also don't dig that modern Christians, and by modern Christians I mean the media-driven ones that we have to hear about all the bloody time, sure. love to do this thing where they're being persecuted. Yeah. And um, this country is heavily Protestant, you know, yeah. uh, more than half. Yeah. Uh, Protestants, look at the names of all the presidents until Barack Hussein Obama. There are, there's one Catholic. Yeah. There's right. not even any Baptists. Yeah. You know wow. what I'm talking about? I never about? even considered oh, this. no, they're Methodists. This goes back to Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> they're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not a broad spectrum it's of also people n- who have run this country that are not Anglo fucking Scottish yeah. Irish white yeah. fucking white bread religion. There's yes. no interesting. We don't. It's not a new thing. The idea that he was a Muslim was remember how shocking that oh my yeah. god he's a yeah, Muslim yeah. and it's like well uh, I don't mean to be a dick about it but like Jesus is a prophet to the Muslims he's just not right. the prophet right 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 but they read the Bible yeah. it's encapsulated in their whole fucking thing it's actually kind of I, I would actually kind of like to now that we're talking about this see Mitt Romney because he's a Mormon yeah. become the guy just because it would be different it would be wildly different and I think that's where a lot of the problem runs in with I think evangelicals uh, who seem to you know they la- they're very loud and organized uh, they have a lot of problems with a lot of people but hilariously they don't Mormons and evangelicals don't oh, I date know. together. Yeah, you know, I know what I mean? I like know. they'd rather be with right wing Jews yeah. because they feel like right wing Jews have, have the same step- agenda as them. Yeah, yeah, Mormons yeah. they're suspicious of. There's yeah. something specious to evangelicals about Mormons. I've said it before on the show, it's uncomfortable to have people that uh accept all the books that we do and then want to add to it. <laughs> a Jew a Jew uh, is behind you. So you yeah. can be like, catch up and read right. the New Testament. But uh if you're dating somebody or or in you know, cahoots with someone
somebody that's like, there's other testaments of Jesus Christ. You're like, fuck out of here, man. Come on. Yeah, I can't yeah. be bothered with that. It's weird. It's, it's a complex. Uh, no, I, yeah, I don't believe in like organized religion and all this and that, but I don't also want to ever deny anyone any kind of succor or, you know, yeah. faith or, you know, yeah. if that's what you dig, groovy chickens to you. Um, chickens and to also, you, man. I really feel like that to me, it's all illuminating. Like you say, I, I, I will read from the Bible in my show just because I find it fascinating. Yeah. Um, there's some good stuff in there, man. But every, and like Thorn in the Side, there's a lot of yeah. stuff that we're lifting from the Bible that we don't even realize we're lifting. And from I the insist Bible. on the King James. The one I, what was funny was, and I cracked it out a couple weeks ago, was I had clearly stolen it from a hotel room and didn't real, even remember which hotel room I stole the it Gideons from. The Gideons gave it, was, it to I you. opened it up and it said, this has been placed here by the Gideons. And I was like, you guys, I stole this Bible. Uh, I had no idea. I think you're allowed to. Because I needed a copy, a new one. And I yeah. remember stealing it like four or five years ago from some hotel. I think you are too. I, I you're think supposed you are. Yeah, to have you're it. supposed to take but it. But the thing is, I look at mine. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm not Christian. I don't like yeah. go to church or pray or anything. Yeah. But I, I use it because yeah. there's a lot of things in it. Sure there is. Do you, do you, uh, and we'll bring this home, but do you believe in a... Uh... I think I just lost my whole listenership. No. I'm joking. That's what's so wonderful to get, to get in this stuff. I love it. Do you believe in a uh, conscious God, a uh, lifeguard God style watching, listening? Uh, Anthony Hopkins, white beard, male God? No. Yeah. Uh, I think there's anima. and uh, No, I'm a little more Greek about it. To be honest, if I really had my druthers... Uh, I would prefer that there was a pantheon of gods. I, I think that that is... Bring that back? Yeah, it works better than an, an all-knowing one, omniscient god that cares Because then they can disagree. The yeah. yeah, and they're like, I didn't want that to happen, and, and it was the bad god that wanted that to happen. The Mayans had, what, uh, tens of thousands of gods? Like, I was been reading like about the, when the Spanish conquered you know, Mexico, and they've never actually sorted out how many deities. Really? Like, within communities, within homes, within districts. you got to within... just get down to, like, the god of rice or whatever. Right. The god yeah, of But straw. the god of rice has a million avatars, and the god of rice's avatars have a million yeah. functions, and yeah. it makes it way more personal. And I think the Greeks and the Romans, because they had, you know, the, the Olympians and all that, that was a pragmatic thing, like all religions are. You go to France, they're Catholic, but they don't sit around discussing Catholicism. They're pretty pragmatic about their Catholicism. Yeah, they, sure. Like if you go to the Muslim world, you'll find that everybody doesn't hit the ground when the when the prayer starts. Yeah. They live their lives and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Our vision of them is stranger than the actual way yeah, they of observe course. their religion. As it usually goes, sure. Yeah. But uh, I can't remember where I was starting with this boring ass. Uh, no, are you kidding? It's the best. Uh, tens of thousands of Mayan religion. Uh, oh, right. Gods. And I think that's more personal. I, I think that... Uh, uh, that appeals to, to have you. a god in the hearth, right, that represents your thing. Uh, um, before you go into battle, you'd pray to uh, victory. Yeah. Victory. There was a god, yeah. a, a goddess of yeah. victory with yeah. wings and uh, uh, and uh, uh, one for success and one for you know making it in this area. One yeah. for that. Like I think it's kind of fun. We it's need a, that. Like I all... need a comedy god, a, yeah. a stage god, a backstage god. Well, it's funny that you say that. We are, it often <laughs> comes up in terms of of serving comedy as it's as if it were a god, like being true to it, wanting to honor it. When you're on the road, you kind of proselytize, sort of like you pay your dues to it, you travel for it. I know this sounds lofty, but I, I think there's a ministry to a lot of things, cooking, art, music. Absolutely. A, a teaching. I'm not, so please don't uh, think it's just comedy. I think it's a lot of no, things. No, that's just what we practice. You feel like that's your God in, in a, a little bit. I totally do. And it's the thing that's been the hook of my life and the, uh, the luckiest thing that can happen is to find something that you like to do and then you're able to do it. Yeah. And I think that that's what, like, you know. I remember saying to my wife once, because I changed groups and teams and stand-up and this and that, and she was like, you've done comedy as long as I've known you. And she's known me since I was like 18 or 19. So yeah. I think 
no, it wasn't going to be different. I was always going to be a comedian. Yeah. Even if I thought I was going to be this or that. Yeah. And, and it was I, your calling. Well, you'll, I, you'll, I, you'll, you'll hear pastors speak the same way. I don't want to do anything else. And that's sort of where, not that I have the authority, but that I've granted myself the authority of hammering on people about what, you know. Yeah. The comics that I loved, you know, uh, George Carlin and, you know, Hicks. Well, they were prophets in their, and, in their own yeah, sense. Lily Tomlin, like, they, they're... They have a philosophy. Yeah. And they were, and I remember being very off put by that when I was young. Right. I was like, you should just be silly. But yeah. now I get it. Yeah. Now they're, they're trying to push uh, less jokes, more of me. Ooh, it all came back. I did. Proopsies. You're, you're Guam in a million. I've been saving that one. Oh, God. I was just thinking, <laughs> I was racing in my mind, how am I going to get one more Guam in? And you did. I'm going to let you have the last one. No, Guam. no, no. I want you to have one Guam. No, you Fuck. dropped a Guam on me. What can I tell you? Well, that that's the show. I uh, I we always I always at we royal we ask the guests to say keep it crispy because it delights me. Oh, I love that. It's up to you though. I feel like you will. Hey everybody. Hey kittens. Keep it crispy. Ooh, you made it your own. <laughs> There's an alliteration to kittens and crispy. Fantastic proofs. Thank you so much. Great Thanks, proofs, Al. everybody. Hope to have you again sometime. Crispy. Goodbye. Yay. Awesome. Now leaving nerdist.com. What? <laughs>